We're so honored that you joined us for this week's message here at Hope Church in Kalispell, Montana. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and challenged in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed as you listen to this week's message. Functional faith. Functional faith. Some of you are already wondering, what is this functional faith? I want to give you a definition, a kind of a working definition of what the word functional means. I think it's interesting. Functional means of or having a special activity, purpose, or task relating to the way which something works or operates. I want to say that again. Functional is of or having a special activity, purpose, or task relating to the way in which something works or operates. Now I want to give you the biblical definition of faith, and we're going to put these two words together. My Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says this, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and the insurance about what we do not see. Now sometimes, I don't know about you, but I read a scripture like this and it seems so spiritually vague. Well, what does that look like right there? What has faith played out in everyday life? In other words, how do we make faith functional? How does faith work in your life, in my life, every single day? And is faith working? How's faith working for you? I remember there was a saying, you know, not too long ago where you might share something. Man, I started a new job or we just had our first baby or I just got married. And a buddy would say, oh yeah, how's that working for you? <laughs> and, and it's kind of a joke, but it's kind of insinuating that there are anything that we are going to step into by faith is going to be challenged for how's that working for you? In other words, when we read the Bible, sometimes I wonder if we read the Bible and it hasn't become to us these great stories of heroes of the faith where they're amazing stories, but it becomes just like a storybook to us where we read it and we say, man, that's amazing. Oh, that's so awesome. Look what God did. That's so great. But it becomes the history of what God did and it isn't it working itself out in our lives in present terms. I love in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, Paul says, now faith is the confidence. How many of you have confidence in the now that God is doing in your life and how faith is working out in your life right now? How's that working for you? I love that he says, now faith. Now, now, now. Now, now, not yesterday, not 10 years ago, not five years ago. I love that I'm preaching this message. In fact, while I was preparing this message, I thought, man, this is almost just as good as a vision message for our church because as amazing as celebrating 44 years in ministry is, it could all go away just like that if we hang on to the faith that we had yesterday and the great things that God did 40 years ago. 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, one year ago, six months ago. Now faith. I'm talking to some people that need some now faith. How many of you don't want to just live in yesterday, in the past, and the great things that God did for you then? I want to live in what God wants to do now. 
Because God wants to do something now in your life. 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 It's time for now faith. I've got to have confidence that God is doing something now. That's why I love that you're here this morning. That's why I love that you come to church. This is one of the reasons why before I even became a pastor, I didn't miss a Sunday. Why? Because I believe that every time that we gather, God wants to do something now. Not tomorrow, not when I go to work. He wants to do something now. That's the now faith. But I think this is also the part of faith that we oftentimes miss as believers. I like to call it the flip side of faith. The flip side of faith. In fact, I had the awesome privilege and honor this past week uh, during our staff time, which we have on Mondays. We have our staff meeting on Mondays and and we have a couple of faithful saints that come in and, and pray with us. And it's an amazing time. We pray over, in fact, if you, if you put in a prayer request today online or in person here, we're going to pray over those tomorrow. And when we pray, we pray in faith and believe that God is doing something now. But I love it because this past week we had the honor and privilege to have uh, Mr. Dave Allen join us. And for those of you who do and don't know Dave Allen, let me just share with you, this is an amazing man of faith. And, uh, and he shared with us, sorry, I'm going to try to hold it together. I got, I got a lot of emotions running through me this morning. Um, and I got a word just stirring in me that I believe is, is a now word for not only you personally, but for our church. But this man has been instrumental in seeing thousands of people receive breakthrough in their life through a ministry that he, he was uh, leading and was a part of for years. And he would do weekends even in this church. And I was a part of one of them one time. And even as he was sharing about his encounter weekends that he used to do, um, one time he gave me a nail that he used to use on that weekend, a big rusty nail about the size that would go into the hands and feet of Jesus on the cross. And he prayed for me and he prayed God would pass the mantle of a breakthrough that was on him and his ministry to me and to this house. I don't even believe it was just for me, but it was for this house and for this ministry. That's why we're so passionate. Part of our vision is to see people set free, lives changed and renewed through the hope that we have in Jesus, that we can be free, that there is freedom in Christ. And he was sitting and for like an hour just sharing with us story after story after story of how God showed up and did some amazing things. And I'm sitting there. You ever sit in a room with somebody and they're starting to share some things that God is doing in their life, amazing stories, and you're sitting there and you're like, you're blown away at how God has moved and what he did through the story and through them. But you're sitting there and thinking, wow, how much less am I living than that kind of faith? What am I missing out on that I'm not experiencing those things? And I think this is, this is really the problem that I see, the biggest problem that I see in Christianity is today is I talk to believers and they're bored, they're dull, they're just living life. And, and yes, they have saving faith, faith that saved them, but they're not living in faith daily and they're not seeing faith work in their life. And so we become complacent and we get comfortable and dreams that we had once in our heart that God planted there through his word, things that he had spoken to us because we didn't see them happen 
because they were challenged, because they were tested, we just started to give up on them. I started thinking about how seven years have been amazing, but there's been, been some hard years too. And if I'm going to be honest with you, when I started, I was full of faith. I had big dreams. And man, we did some amazing things. We went to the fairgrounds on Easter and we saw over 1,600 people that normally wouldn't come to a service like this come to those service. 80 people in one day got given their life to Jesus. Many more touched by him because we stepped out in faith and did something amazing. We got out of ourselves and we were willing to put our faith into action. And because of it, we saw God do some amazing things. But then you go through some things as, as a church. You go through some tough times and hard seasons and, and people leave and they hurt you. And people you think that said they'd be with you and they, they stab you in the back and they leave and you take some blows and you take some shots and you go through some stuff. And through it all, you start lowering your expectations of what God can do and the dreams that you once had now get put on the wayside that maybe that was just me. Maybe, maybe God will never really do that. And we lower our expectation. Today, God told me he gave me a mandate that today, he said, I want you to go out there, I want you to preach and I want you to stir up faith in people, to believe again for the things and the dreams and the words that I've placed in them, put in them, challenged them, prophesied over them, that they've put to the wayside, that they've given up on, that they lowered their faith and their expectation. Sometimes you just need to get around people that their faith level is high. Because if we're not careful, we can start to lower our faith to the people around us, to the culture around us. And that's why we need the church. That's why we need to get in a room like this. And we need to, we need to hear about miracles and the things that God is doing in the, mirror, in the middle of a pandemic and the destruction. That's why I love, even though um, it, it is sad to remember 9-11, the destruction, the pain, the loss, the death that people went through. I love the picture. I posted it on my social media media feed of the cross in the middle of the rubble, the cross in the middle of the destruction, because no matter what comes at you and comes through your life, the cross of Jesus Christ will always stand true. And if we will put our faith and trust in Jesus, there is a steel cross that we can hold on to. You see, we have to understand some things about faith. And so during this message series, we're going to walk you through some functional faith, some how faith works in everyday life, because there's, I believe, there's this big dichotomy in most Christians' life where we have a mental assent or a mental belief about something we read in the Bible about what God can do, but there's this big dichotomy between what we believe God can do and what God is doing now in our life through faith. It's the flip side of faith. It's like a coin. My wife gave me this half dollar to borrow, and a, this is the flip side of faith. See, on one side of the coin is a head. On the flip side is a tail. <laughs> now, for many of us, faith has become so much head knowledge, so much understanding, so much, I need more training, I need more Bible, I need to understand more before I will actually do something for God. Or it's just that, 
It's not, it may not even be that for you, but it's that you hear a message week after week, you read the Bible, and you read the words in the Bible, and you think, well, that's amazing. You hear amazing stories about what God did in somebody else's life, and you think, man, that's awesome for you, but I've never seen God do anything like that in my life. I wonder if we haven't seen God do more in our life because we haven't used the flip side of faith. Yes, we need to believe in our head and in our heart, but the flip side of faith is we need to work our tail off and act like it all depends on us and pray like it all depends on God. See, it doesn't do any good if we say yes and amen in the pew and say, yes, pastor, I believe it, but then we leave these doors and we never do anything about it. We never see the outworking of what we believe here and we never put it here and here. And because we never put ourselves out there or step out in faith to actually do something with our faith, to put it to work, we never see the faithfulness of God show up when we step out in faith. And because we never see the faithfulness of God when we step out in faith, Faith, our trust in him diminishes and over time we never step out in faith because we're not so sure if I do if God will meet me there but you got to take the flip side of faith look at James chapter 2 verse 26 for just as the body without the spirit is dead so also faith without works is dead this is the flip side of faith you can't just believe something. In fact, James goes so far to say, even demons believe in Jesus and the miracles that he can do. Man, it's pretty sad when we come to church and demons have more faith for the miraculous and what God can do any given Sunday than even Christians do. But that's exactly what James is saying. He's saying you can't just believe God for something and not do anything about it. It doesn't work. It's two of the same coin. You gotta have both working in your life. You gotta have a belief, the right belief. We gotta believe the Bible. We gotta believe God and take him for at his word, but we gotta activate his word in our life. We gotta work it out. Watch this, look at this in Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through 10. I think that we have preached so much faith through grace that we've been saved through faith, by grace, that we have, we have gotten numb to the fact that the difference between saving faith and living faith, passive faith and active faith. See, let me tell you something about passive faith. This is, these are theological terms. Passive faith is believing God when there's nothing that I can do about it. You couldn't save yourself. You needed God to do that. Now, in order to receive God's saving faith, all you have to do is believe him at his word. That's called passive faith. Then there's another type of faith. That's called active faith. Active faith isn't just believing that's one side of the coin, but the other, the flip side of the coin is because I believe I'm gonna walk this out in my life and I'm gonna actively participate and partner with God to see what his word says come to pass in my life. But too many of us lean on the one side of faith. Is this hitting anybody this morning? Y'all are awful quiet. Paul says in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is saving faith. And it is not from yourselves. This is a gift. This is something God just gave you because we had no power in our own to do it. Not by works in verse 9, so that no one can boast 
And then check this out. For many of us, we stop right there. We say, God, thank you for saving me. I'll take it. I know I'm going to heaven. And we live the rest of our life secure in that, which you should. But we don't stop to think, maybe there's another purpose for my life that's greater than just going to heaven. Maybe there's something that God wants to do in and through my life now. Maybe there's something that God wants to do in and through my life in the future. He says in verse 10, for we are God's handiwork. This is, this is the potter. I am the clay. God shaped you. He formed you. This is why we have Next Steps class. One of our Next Steps class, which by the way is this Sunday after second service, we take you through Discover Course. You need to know your shape. You need to know how God has shaped you, how he's molded you. The way that he made you is direct relation to the purpose that he has for your life. Look at verse 10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we're not saved through works, but once we are saved through faith, through faith, come on mouth, work with me, by grace, now God has called us, prepared us, equipped us, and gives us the grace, which is the empowerment to do the good works that he planned for you and for me and for this church now. That's the now faith. That's the flip side of faith. It's I'm not just saved by faith. I am working out faith in my life every single day. Now, there's a story in the Old Testament that I think just it does a beautiful picture of showing us exactly how this works. I love reading stories in the Old Testament, great heroes of the faith. One of my favorites is Elisha. Elisha was a prophet of God. He was full of faith. I love Elijah when he was called by God and Elijah, his mentor, threw the mantle, threw his cloak on him, threw the calling on him. Just like God will quicken you, you'll be in a service like this and all of a sudden the Spirit of God will come on you and you'll feel a calling. You'll feel, you'll feel the tug of the Holy Spirit on your life. He didn't just say, let me, let me sit back and think about this for a minute. Hmm, and be like, Spock, this logically doesn't make sense. You want me to leave everything that I've ever known. You want me to leave my occupation and come follow you, some crazy dude, eating locusts and honey and doing all kinds of crazy stuff for God? Let me think about that for a minute. And where, by the way, nobody respects you? Mm, no thanks. No. He recognizes that this is a now faith moment. This isn't time to make a T-chart and, and calculate, hmm, what are, what are the good things that could happen? What are the bad things that could happen? What are the pros and cons here? Let me think about it. No, the Bible says that he burned everything. He burned his plow. He burned the oxen in the field, everything. He left it and he followed Elijah. He was a man of faith. He was a man of now faith. And there was a moment where Israel was in trouble. They were, they were in a drought season. They were surrounded by armies. And there was three kings that got together to try to fight the army. The only problem was their whole army, they were absolutely uh, void of water. They had no water. They had no energy. They hadn't had water because there was a drought. And it's pretty hard to fight when you have no energy and you have no water and you're dehydrated. And so here we pick up the story in 2 Kings 3, 11 through 20. It says, but Jeho Jehoshaphat, who was the king, is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat is here, 
Who poured, I love this part, who poured water on the hands of Elijah? See, he doesn't just start out as this amazing prophet. When he starts out following Elijah, he starts out by just being Elijah's servant, by pouring water on his hands, by watching what Elijah does, stepping out of faith, believing someday I'm gonna do that, but right now I'm just taking small steps of faith. This is part of the problem in our faith journey. Sometimes we get such a big vision of what God wants to do that we have this, this big vision, but we want to go from here to there in one big step. Can I tell you something? That's not how it works. Believe big, but start small. Elijah believed big that God could do some amazing things through him if he had the faith to step out and leave everything behind, but he started out small, just washing the hands of the prophet. Go on, let's pick it back up in the next verse. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. Look at this, the word of the Lord is with him. Now faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, we don't just generate faith on our own. Faith actually generates out of the word of God to you and to me. I don't just sit here with presumption faith and say, God, I'm believing you're gonna do this and we step out in faith. No, I step out in faith because God said so. God told me so. God told me in his word, too many people are sitting in the pews waiting for God to tell him something. Let me tell you something. God already told you something. It's called the Bible. It's in the word of God. And there's plenty there. If you don't know where to start, you just start there and take a step of faith, what it says in the word. And I guarantee you, God will show up and tell you the next step. But how can he trust you with more if he can't even trust you with the little that you already know? And many of us want more. God, I want, I want to do amazing things for you, but we're not even willing to wash the hands of a mentor. Come alongside somebody and pray for them. Come along, serve somebody. Get out here and be a greeter. Go out there. I didn't start preaching like this. I started out in kids' ministry. I started out being a, being a servant in kids' ministry. And that's how I started in ministry. I, wasn't, I, I didn't go from zero to hero overnight. It was a process of years of me just serving God in the church little by little. And I never looked for promotion. God just said, man, you're being faithful in that, so I've got more for you. And I stepped into it. I wonder how many of you are waiting on the flip side of what God to do in your life because you're unwilling to step into something small and to see God do something amazing with the little that you have. And he said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel, Joseph and the king of Edom went down to him. Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, what, I ha what have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. He's saying this because he's never come to him before. But it's amazing how when we get desperate for something, our faith level starts to rise. See, sometimes your greatest need will push you to have the greatest faith. That's why God will allow us to get into situations where we are desperate for him. We need him to move. Why? So he can prove his faithfulness to us. It's the testing of your faith. You need God to test your faith. We don't like going through hard things. We don't like it when things happen in our marriage. We don't like it when things happen with our kids. We don't like it when we look outside and there's smoke out there. But God will use everything in our life to test us. Why? To see if our faith can stand up under it. And so now, then Elisha said to the king of Israel, what do I have to do to you? He says all this, but the king of Israel said to him, no, for the Lord has called these three kings together, the word of the Lord, to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, 
as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. And then I love this part. Now bring me a musician. <laughs> like if anything sp really spiritual is gonna happen, we need some background music. Come on, come on somebody, turn me on some Barry White. If there's gonna be magic happen here, I need some background music. I'm, we need to get in the mood here. He says, bring me a musician. And he said, then it happened when the musician played. There is something about anointed worship, isn't it? There's something about the anointing on worship that God's presence just can come on you. That's why we believe so much in presence-driven worship at Hope Church. That, that when we encounter God through worship, God can encounter us in the reality of who he is. And then he says this, then Elisha said to the king, oh, I'm sorry, but now bring me a musician. Music played, the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha and he begins to prophesy and he said this. Thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Say what, prophet? Like, did you eat some bad pizza last night? Where are you, what you been doing? Can you maybe play some more music? Can we get the band back out here again and play some better music? He needs another moment in the presence of God. Surely I didn't hear what I think you said, which is you said, make some ditches. Why in the world would we do that? And he goes on to say this. Make this valley full of ditches, for thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites into your hand and you shall attack every fortified city, every choice city shall be cut down and every good tree stopped up with spring of water, ruin every good piece of land with stones. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly now water came by the way of Eden and the land was filled with water. See, here's a few things that you need to understand if your faith is gonna function in everyday life. The first one is functional faith is a faith that works. It's a faith that works. Like you gotta do your part. There's God's part. God can bring the rain, but you need to dig the ditch. You see how that works? God can do a miracle, but he expects you to step out in faith and first do what he's told you to do. And God will meet you there. But here's the problem. Too many of us, we're expecting God to do something. We're sitting on our couch in our sweats playing Fortnite, expecting God to just drop a, drop a job into my lap. We're sitting on the couch in sweatpants, all scrubby, playing Fortnite, expecting God to drop a wife right next to me, this godly wife. We're expecting to raise godly kids and we don't even show up and bring them to church. We don't bring them to youth group. We don't spend time in the word with them. We want an amazing marriage, but we're not willing to do the things day in, day out to husbands serve our wives, to pray together, to seek God together, to come to church together. We want God to give us a promotion, but I'm not willing to work hard at work. I don't even show up on time. But God, will you do a miracle and increase my salary? And what a God is saying, I need you to get to work on time and I need you to do some work and I will bless the work of your hands. Wait to the blessing that you see if you'll just dig a ditch. Well, God told me to tell some of you, you think you've been waiting on God, God's been waiting on you. 
He said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. And you know what? Oh, man. Can I tell you something? I love watches. I do. I love watches. I got my Apple watch on. My wife gave it to me. But I love, I love watches. I like, I like the art of watch. I like how it, the watches are made, like the inner workings of watches and the beauty that can be created through time and keeping time and how it all works. It just fascinates me. I just love it. And I've got a little, little watch collection. It's not expensive one. I ain't got no Rolexes at home or nothing like that. I like fossil watches and things that, that look good, but, you know, they work well. They're functional, just like faith. And I've got this one watch that it works not off of a battery. It actually works off of something called kinetic energy. Now, many of you never heard that term before. I, I want to share it with you. Kinetic energy is a form of energy that an object or a particle has reason of its motion. If work, listen to this, if work, which transfers energy, is done on an object by applying a net force, the object speeds up and thereby gains kinetic energy. Kinetic energy is property of a moving object or particle and depends, depends not only on its motion, but also on its mass. So let me tell you how this works. I got this watch and every time I move or do something or I'm active, it actually is set up so that there are functions, there are gears inside that as I move, it gains energy and it gains momentum along with the force at which I move it for. This is exactly the flip side of faith that some of us need. We not only need to believe, see, some of us are acting like, God, I want you to give me a battery. I want you to give me the power. I want you to give me everything I need, the knowledge to do what you've called me to do. And once I feel empowered enough, then I'll step out in faith. And too many of us have been waiting too many years, sitting in the pews week after week and not stepping out in faith into the things that God has for them because we're waiting for God to empower us when God is waiting on us to move. And as you move, check it out, it's not just about your movement, your work, you're working it out. It's about the mass. It's about the weight that you put on it. This way, oh man, I'm preaching and you don't even get it yet. Because when I put my faith and trust in God, when I believe God can that's the weight I'm putting in it. When I sacrifice, when I, every time I give, just like a little while ago, you gave in faith, believing some of you don't even know how you're gonna pay your bills, but you're putting your weight on it. You're putting your mass in God. You're saying, God, I don't know how this is gonna work out. I don't know if I join a team, if I sign up for a connect group, if I sign up to be the pastor of the church. I have no idea how it's gonna play out, but I'm willing to put, bet the farm on it. I'm willing to put all my chips in the middle. I'm not holding back. I'm putting my full weight into you. And when I put my full weight on you and trust in you, and I'm willing to step out in faith and start doing it, Energy starts to build up. Power starts to build up. Things start to happen. Things start to move. God starts moving. Miracles break forth. Breakthrough starts to happen. Your marriage starts to get better. Your kids experience breakthrough. That addiction gets broken off your life. And God starts doing the miraculous because we were willing to step out in faith. Can you hand me that little jar right there? I brought, yes, thank you very much. I brought this little jar. This is a jar of mustard seeds. Now, the Bible says this. Jesus said this one time when his disciples were having trouble 
doing something that God asked him to do. He had this, he said, he gave them this analogy. He said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, which is so small, he even said it's the smallest of all seeds. You can't even see it. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, go into the sea and it will obey you. He said, and nothing will be impossible for you. See, too many of us, we believe here that God can do amazing things, but we're not willing to step out in small ways. God was trying to, Jesus was trying to get through the disciples and I believe he's still trying to get through to us today that it's not the size of our faith that matters, it's what you do with it. It's where you place your faith. It's, do I really trust God to do what he's gonna do? Am I willing to take the little faith that I have? See, God's not afraid of our small faith. What he's afraid of, I believe, is that we'll never take the little that we have and put it in his hands. Like the boy, the couple of fish, some bread. He had enough faith as a child. He didn't sit there like the disciples logically, where are we gonna get food? Hmm, there's no Walmart nearby. There's no Costco. How are we gonna feed all these people? Let's figure this out. Let's, let's figure it out in our head. Let's pencil it out. How many people do we have here? While they're doing that, this little boy came with simple faith. He said, I don't have much, but what I do have, I give you. And I know this isn't much to me. It might feed me. But when I put it in God's hands, now a miracle breaks forth. And there wasn't just enough to feed people. There was enough, there was leftover. So we serve a God of the abundance. See, functional faith is a faith that works, but functional faith also believes when it doesn't see. I believe it even though I don't see it happening. This is what I love what it said, what, what Elijah said. He said, you're not gonna see, God says this, you're not gonna see the wind, you're not gonna see the rain. It's not even, it's, so in other words, the wind, I don't just see it, I feel it. Listen, faith isn't a feeling. It's not always something that you're gonna feel. I got goosebumps, I'm gonna, today's the day, I'm gonna step out. It's not something that I see. Too many of us are waiting to feel like stepping into what God has. Too many of us are waiting to see something start to happen before we ever put our faith and let it work out. God says, no, 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 no. You gotta first give me the little that you have. You gotta be willing to step out. Show me, this is what God said, show me your faith and I'll show you my faithfulness. And this is the problem. Because some of us have never stepped out and are, or maybe you just stopped stepping out. In fact, the Holy Spirit just went, when did you stop stepping out in faith? When did you stop believing what God told you. Have you lost sight of it? See, Paul prayed that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened. Too many of us, our heart has grown cold. Life has beat you up. Disappointment has happened. You believed at one time, and, and this is what happens over time. Our faith becomes dysfunctional. It doesn't work anymore. And then we become even more discouraged and we get into this rut and we get stuck in our Christian life and it becomes this, this thing where we go to on Sunday and we punch the clock Monday through Friday and we live and, and we come and we say yes and amen and we take notes and we believe it. We circle verses in the Bible and we even post them. 
but we don't see it work out in our own life. Because functional faith also trusts when it doesn't happen. It trusts when it doesn't happen. And can I tell you something else? Functional faith also does when it doesn't see it happen. You gotta be willing to do it even in the midst of opposition, even in the midst of things not going the way you thought, man, I moved, we moved out here over 20 years ago on a word from God. And probably the darkest day of my Christian life was when what we thought we moved out here for didn't work out. And God had to completely, for, for a year and a half, man, I was stuck in a funk, in a rut, stopped believing God, just in a bad place. And I needed, I read this book, and this book talked about allowing the dreams of God to come back. And I read this book and I wept because the dreams that God had put in my heart, I realized, man, I let go of them. I forgot about them. And it started me on this journey, actually of, of looking for a new church because the church that we came out here and moved everything for, it didn't work out. And we walked through the doors of this church at the time called New Covenant Church. And the very first day I walked through those doors, God said, this is the place I want you to put down roots. This is the place I want your kids to be in kids' ministry. This is the place. That's why my daughter and my son are up here on the stage. Not because of anything great we did, but because we put down some roots. Because God said it. And we believed it. And we stepped out in faith. Even when things were rough, even when there was rough seasons that go on in the church, we believed because God said it. I'm going to close with a story. There's a good, dear friend of mine. Her name's Don Griffin. I was thinking about the years, 44 years of ministry here in the valley. And I was thinking about, there's been certain people that when they're willing to step out in faith, God does some amazing things. And I was reminded of my friend Dawn. She lives in Las Vegas right now with her husband, Rhett. Dawn started coming to church about the same time my wife and I did. And when Dawn started coming to church, she was addicted to marijuana. Her husband didn't want to have anything to do with God. Yeah, that, this is her. She was addicted to marijuana, broken, family was broken. Husband was just about an atheist. Yes, she started coming to church. Just enough faith to get here. So I some of you, you need just enough faith to get here. She got here. She started coming to church and she started serving a kids ministry. And she said, one day I was in church service and I got convicted by the message. The message that Pastor Don at the time said, it was the title was, what path are you on? And she was convicted because she was in the middle of a battle with drug addiction. And she felt convicted that how can I be in church and serve in there and serve kids while privately I have this addiction battle going on in my life. And so she immediately after service went to Elizabeth Halliburton, who Pastor David and Elizabeth were leading our kids ministry at the time. And she said, I'm really sorry, but God convicted me and I need, I need to step down from kids ministry. And Elizabeth looked at her and she said, why? She said, well, if I'm gonna be honest with you, it's because I have a marijuana addiction and I can't do both. And Elizabeth looked her in the eye and smiled and she said, wouldn't the devil love that? 
She said, instead of quitting kids, why don't you quit marijuana? And she said, it was in that moment that like a light bulb went off and she decided, you're right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, in faith, I'm gonna go after this addiction. It seems hopeless. I, I feel broken. I don't know how I'm gonna beat this, but I'm gonna do it. And she said, I showed up week after week and I served kids and I still slipped up, but I still kept going on, putting one foot in front of the other, believing in faith that somehow God was gonna do something. She went on a mission trip with our kids ministry to Metro Ministries in New York City. And she got to witness Sidewalk Sunday School where they go set up Sunday School on the corner. And she said something came alive in her heart and God spoke to her and said, I want you to do that. And she said, me? I'm like a marijuana addicted girl just got saved not too long ago. My husband doesn't even know you. How can I do something like this? And she said, but I took a step of faith and I started with the girls in my neighborhood. And I started inviting some girls in my neighborhood to come over and I called them daddy's girls. And she said what started with one or two or three girls that were broken in the neighborhood built up to about 12 girls, started meeting in her home and it got so big that other girls found out about it and they had to move to the boys and girls club and then it grew to 30 girls. And she started ministering and she started, actually in the same time she was serving in our church, she became our kids ministry um, coordinator and serving under our kids pastor. And all this time that she was being faithful and her husband was looking at her like, you're crazy. Week after week, he'd watch football and he'd watch her meet with the girls. And then something suddenly clicked in him and said, I need what you have. And he came to church one day and he got saved and gave his life to Jesus and started serving him faithfully, started serving in our men's ministry. And God started moving powerfully in their life. And they came to me one day when I was the pastor and they said, Pastor Lance, we feel like God is telling us to move to Las Vegas and help Joe and Danielle with Relentless Church. And they started doing that. And, and Joe and Danielle, they moved their church into what is becoming now Hillsong Las Vegas. And she told me yesterday, she said, I would have never imagined now that I would see the dream in my heart being fulfilled, that I would be the director of Hillsong Las Vegas Kids Ministry. Position to impact thousands upon thousands of kids' lives. And her husband, by the way, he serves the homeless every week in Las Vegas, feeding them, and was asked to be a part of a council of people who give the mayor and the city officials counsel on how they could better serve the homeless. And he's doing that every single week, and they're serving God, and they're seeing God move and doing some amazing things. But it didn't come without many trials. There were times the Boys and Girls Club said, we can't have you here anymore. And they shut down. She thought it was over. They moved it to Sirius Juju. And she just saw God open doors as she stepped out in faith. See, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for. It's the assurance of things not seen. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for. It's the assurance of things unseen. Now faith is the confidence. Come on, I feel confidence rising up. I feel faith rising up in this room. But here's where it starts. I want to end with this. Some of you have stopped hoping. You've lowered your expectations of what God has done because of what you've gone through in your life. The blows that you've taken, the setbacks, the people have hurt you. You've lowered your hope and expectation for what God can do in your marriage. You've lowered your hope of how God can use you 
in his church, in his kingdom, for his kingdom. You've lowered your hope that you could ever have that relationship with your son or daughter that you desire. That's in your heart. You've lowered your hope that you could actually have friendships, deep friendships. That's why we offer connect groups, man. I'm telling you, it's time to hope again because hope is the fuel for faith. And when you lose hope, you lose faith because faith stands on hope. And some of you, you got nothing to stand on right now because you've lost your hope. And it's time to hope again. It's time to dream again. It's time to put your faith and hope and wait and trust in Jesus and obey in faith and put to work what you believe and what the Word of God says. I want to pray for you. I want you to just close your eyes. There's some of you here You've never put your faith in Jesus. You've never put your faith in Jesus. And my Bible says in Hebrews 6, 19, that hope is an anchor for our soul. And some of you, your soul is all jacked up, sideways, man. You can relate. You, you're, you're addicted to things. Sin is running rampant in your life. And yet my Bible says now, Today is the day of salvation, right now, right in this moment. Sometimes we let moments pass, just like if they didn't dig those ditches in that moment, when the rain came the very next morning, there would have been nothing to hold the water. Some of you have been waiting to make a decision for Christ. Some of you have been waiting to come back to Christ. You've walked away from Him, and now is the time. Today is the day. Today is the day to put your faith in Him. If you want to do that, I want you to pray this prayer with me and believe in your heart. The Bible says if we will confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart, we will be saved. You can have confidence that if you died today, that you would be with Jesus in heaven. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. God, I believe in your son Jesus that he died on the cross as me for me, took all my sin, washed it clean. Will you forgive me? Will you wash me clean today? I surrender my life to you. Believe that you have a purpose greater than what I'm living in today. And by faith, I step into it. I surrender all. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Hope Church. If you enjoyed this message, you can easily support the ministry of Hope Church at hopechurchmt.com give. Also follow us on social media at hopechurchmt. Be blessed and have a great week.